It is time to get the show started. Welcome to After the Week, everybody. I'm your host, Denise, along with Will Washington. And as always, we are here on Sundays to chat about the wrestling week. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on a special start time. Uh, normally, we're on at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. However, this week, due to um, some scheduling conflicts on my end, uh, we had to postpone the show until the evening. But I hope you guys don't mind. And hell, maybe it'll even bring in some new viewers that don't normally get to tune in at our normal hour but let's get into the show because we are building towards AEW revolution we had lots of WWE storyline stuff go down etc will welcome nice to see you how are you oh I get to talk now I'm great <laughs> It's like, gosh, you just go, you go. Hey, sometimes, you know what? The intro's like, I got a lot to say. Let's get to this. Eventually, you'll get cued in at some point. At some point. Uh, I'm doing good. It's uh, Sunday evening. Um, and look, that's you're going to catch us one of those two times, either a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening. Although I think we have one coming up here where I don't think it'll be either. But uh, yeah, I'm doing good. It's Sunday. I went to a birthday party for children today because this is the life that I live. And, uh, yeah, there was good, stupid food that I can't eat. And I was just telling you about that before the show. But other than that, I got to enjoy some. Actually, you know what's funny? I missed pretty much everything live this week. I didn't watch Dynamite Live because I was at uh, the premiere of uh, Cocaine Bear. And I didn't get to watch. Did I watch Raw Live? I think I was just no, I think we were watching a movie, just me and my kids. And then I uh, went out to dinner Friday night. I missed everything live. I had to cram everything in on like Saturday morning to be able to even talk about it on Grab City yesterday, let alone do this show. Do you prefer it or do you like, I can't watch shows that are like not live. I have a really hard time watching shows. Even if, if I'm watching an hour, like two hours after it happened, I, I can't, like, I hate not watching shows live. Like, it takes away from some of the excitement for me. I don't know what it is. Uh, Rampage is easier because I already know what's happened on Rampage anyway. And so uh, by the time I, it actually airs, I can just, I can watch that anytime. That's probably why the show's DVR numbers are so high, by the way. Um, and that, and the show is kind of missable. And then on top of that, but Dynamite was a little bit harder because, like, Things were happening on the show, and I had people tweeting at me like, hey, Will, do you know what the announcement is, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't fucking know. I'm not at home. Um, I'm not going to be able to see that. Although I did say, for those who haven't seen Cocaine Bear yet, the funny thing about that movie is I had to miss Dynamite, right, because of... Uh, uh, because being at this movie and the opening match on Dynamite was Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Yuta, a match I was really looking forward to seeing. Tell me why Jane by Jefferson Starship, the song Orange Cassidy enters to, is legitimately the opening song to Cocaine Bear. So literally, <laughs> I'm sitting in this theater and thinking, all right, I'm not going to be able to watch Dynamite. And I'm like, oh, it's taunting me because the opening song, literally, it shows the Universal logo and it's the opening notes, Orange Cassidy's music playing. And I was you like, of course it is. You can't escape it. You can't escape it. It's just can't following it. you around. Oh, yeah. my God. All right. Well, let's get into this week's show, guys. Just a heads up. If you do want to help support this podcast, uh, keep us going each and every single week and also get your question, your commentary statement read here on the stream. You are more than welcome to send in a 
super chat. It really helps us out. And also, I want to welcome a new uh, YouTube channel member, Jose Flores. Thank you so much to Jose for uh, joining the channel. For those of you who do not know, you can officially become a member here of the channel. And what you get is I've been posting all of the Wrestling Rewind video podcast episodes. So I've been going back and watching every single episode of Wrestling. I'm all done. I got it done in 11 weeks, by the way. Very proud of that. And you can watch a lot of of hours of wrestling. Oh my gosh. Will, you know, there was certain weeks where I was watching four WrestleManias in one week, which was just, I don't even know how I did it. Honestly, I don't even know. I'm trying not to even remember. I I did what five of those shows with you. And just, just thinking about just those five, let me tell you guys rewatching that many WrestleManias and like, I reviewed WrestleMania 35 with Denise, which by the way, uh, for those we who did 17, 18, I did 17, 18, 28, uh, or t- 27, 28, 29 and 30. Okay. And, uh, oh, I did six you then in 35. Yeah. You did a couple with me. I, yeah. I, I yeah, I did, yeah. So yeah, it was 17, yeah. eight, it was 17, 18, 27, 28, 29, 30. And, uh, holy shit. Seven. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And 35. Okay. I did a few with you, but either way, did a lot of WrestleManias with Denise here and just that many, like 35 is a seven hour show. And, uh, I'm I'm glad. I, I am just glad we are at the era of two night WrestleMania because I I never want to go back to that. Like I know people complain, they're like, oh look at this AEW pay-per-view being four hours. Guys, we had seven hour WrestleManias. They were insane, exhausting. And it was easy to get through the first ones that I did because they were all like two hours, two and a half hours, three hours. And then once it started getting into like the five hour shows, I'm like, holy shit. And you'd be surprised, like just, oh my God, it was a lot. But anyway, so you can watch all of those video podcasts. Uh, they're all going up. I think one through 22 are already up here on the channel. And there's also additional video content. Uh, Will and I, we did a video all outside where we interviewed AEW fans and it's super outdated but it's actually a pretty fun video if you guys haven't checked it out and there's still so much more content uh to check the guy out making those perks the guy making those way out there predictions is my favorite part because not a single one of those happened but it's uh, funny to see what people were thinking and now knowing what actually happened on the show yeah yeah it's very good we got a super chat here from Hannah. Thank you so much to Hannah Hewn, who says, uh, with Countdown to the Revolution uh, airing directly after AEW Rampage this Friday, will you still be going live at uh, 11 p.m. Eastern time, or will the show be pushed back until 12 a.m. Eastern time? Um, so for me, the, I do my post shows immediately following um, – smackdown and rampage as soon as rampage is done i don't care what's going on afterwards i'm going live regardless because at that point i really can't push the show any further and just because you know i only talk about smackdown and rampage i don't necessarily need to you know talk about any of the other shows for me personally but thank you so much to hannah for asking uh yeah so i just go live immediately after the show i appreciate you asking though thank you so much um okay so we got a couple more super chats this one's from mike d who says evil don't Bob Holly 2023 Hall of Fame. Hello. We're almost getting there, man. We're only a couple days away. We should, I mean, a couple days, a couple weeks away. We should be finding out pretty soon who is going to be in this 2023 Hall of Fame. We got a super chat here from Jose Flores, who is the brand new member here on our YouTube channel. Jose says, I see Charlotte eating nopales and listening to Latino jams. Rhea needs to listen to some Ramon Ayala or Echente if she is going to get be getting called mommy. Love you guys. Uh, so, Will, 
I actually want to share this story because, um, you know, you, I don't know if you remember, but when we were in, I think it was Chicago, when we went out with Phil to go get tacos, it was us three. Uh, thanks to me, you tried your very first concha. Yeah, that's true. Um, I had the review for all of the Latino people here that know what conchas are. They're so bomb, but you wanted something. And I was like, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm sitting there looking at the menu and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to eat, but it's like (laughs) three o'clock in the morning and I'm just hungry. And then I turned to Denise and I'm like, okay, I need like a sweet in my, what what was it? Yeah, I said I needed a sweet. And then, um, remind me what it was again it was a concha i had you so it was that so it's like a candy bread and Mm. um it's round and there's like i don't know how to describe it there's like a candy i forgot if you had chocolate vanilla or strawberry do you remember what flavor you had i think it was vanilla okay so you had the vanilla and it was kind of powdery and stuff yeah no i mean i'll say this it hit the spot yeah no um especially look starving at 3 a.m 10 out of 10. Uh, there's nothing better than when you haven't had anything to eat all day and you had to sit through a media scrum that took forever and everybody else is closed. And uh, like we were literally going to get Taco Bell and Phil looked at us like we were crazy. Um, and the, Phil was right. It ended up being the right call. But yeah, no, it hit the spot. It was exactly what I needed. 10 out of 10. I was very happy to be your first friend to introduce you to conchas. And anybody Thank here you. who's had them is like, yep. We know what's up. Uh, I'm already like savoring it. Anyways, uh, infamous Raider Loco sends in a super chat saying, Denise, the goat for watching all those WrestleManias. I was able to watch, uh, catch the 17 and 18 with you both. It was great. Had uh, had me go back and watch myself. So yes, I did 17 and 18 as a free preview show because let's be real, WrestleMania 17 is one of everybody's favorite WrestleManias. One of the greatest WrestleManias of all time. Check, check, Many check will argue the greatest, exactly. Um, So I felt like that one definitely needed to be a free episode of the wrestling rewind so thank you so much to infamous raider loco for uh checking uh that one out all right so let's get to it guys let's get into um <laughs> let's get into the show so will how'd you feel about the wrestling week overall i know you said you watch things on uh delay but just to, you know just some quick overall thoughts on how you felt about the wrestling week uh so i came into the week uh Really excited when it came to a certain brand in a certain company. And then on the other side, I came into into it a little bit like worried because I came out of last week's Dynamite like, you know, things aren't looking like great going into Revolution. I'm a little bit worried. And so I was pleasantly surprised by Dynamite. But on the other hand, I walked into Raw and SmackDown, especially Raw, like, oh, my God, I am hyped after Elimination Chamber. Where are things heading? And I walked out of Raw like, huh, you didn't do much for me. And uh, definitely didn't do enough to sell me on uh, what's coming up at WrestleMania. I know, I very much did. So it's it's interesting how how things uh, flipped this week and how they went. I am curious though because I have to know where it ends up, and I'm so excited. I I don't know. Okay, you're making me really (laughs) nervous because here's the thing: I have four items on my list right now that I could put on best but I look just to describe to you how I felt about this week is that there wasn't really too much that I'm gonna 
say here like oh my god I absolutely loved it I actually thought a lot of what we got was a little bit mid this week I'm sorry like there was nothing on anything that I felt legitimately passionate about where I'm like oh my god this was the best thing I saw this week in wrestling I didn't feel that way about anything and I actually like here's the thing I last week's episode of Dynamite I was really kind of just like you know, down in the dumps about because I didn't think it was that great, right? And then this week's episode of Dynamite, I thought was definitely better than the previous week, but it's still not up there with, uh, you know, a, what I would the consider a really good Dynamite. Year. And I'm going to tell you that already seeing the card for this upcoming Dynamite, I'm not necessarily too like, you know, I don't want to be like a jerk or anything, but I just don't really, I'm not vibing with it. That's the best way I can put it. I'm not vibing vibing with it. On the WWE side, I already know what to expect, to be honest, from the show. So I, it wasn't like I was expecting this, this, or that. Uh, my expectations were met on what I was expecting for those shows. So that's a little bit of where I was at for this week. So what segment, because I'm thinking you're talking about Tony Khan's announcement, right? Oh, no, no, no. That's not what you're talking about. No. So then I, I don't know what segment you're talking about. I, I need to hear your thoughts, and I don't know where it falls in the show. What if it's Do not on here? Uh, Dominic and Charlotte is the oh, thing okay. I need to hear okay. from you on. Okay. And I'm... <laughs> we'll save it. We'll save our thoughts there. We'll save our thoughts. Okay. Uh, Chi-Town Spurs says, I saw those Ring of Honor spoilers and immediately bought an Honor Club subscription. I, I saw the spoilers, actually. I read the card. I'm not going to spoil anything for people because I don't like giving people spoilers. But I saw the card. I saw the matches. It looks pretty all right. What do you, what'd you think, Will? Yeah, so I, I, I see it now. I see kind of what the show is going to be and that AEW Dynamite and Rampage are shows made for television. They're shows that are, like, you can tell what Tony wants to book and the type of things he likes to book, but then you can also tell when he's like, okay, I have to play this one for commercial breaks or, you know, the show has to be structured for television, right? But here looking at the cards it's just like i'm just gonna throw everything i can because it's a subscription show anyway without commercials without any type of like tv restrictions we're just gonna do shit and i looked at the cards and i'm like i'm looking forward to what ring of honor is gonna end up being because uh there's some cool stuff in there of course what's already been announced with ar fox versus uh claudio for the ring of honor uh world championship i think that's gonna be a great starter main event um, the second main event, uh, I mean, I'm not going to spoil the results, although you could probably figure it out easily, but um, doing Athena versus Willow Nightingale for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, like, that that's a great main event. No, this, and they're taping, literally as we speak, they're taping the next two episodes after that, because uh, pretty much they're going to tape everything building to Supercard of Honor by the... Within two hours, we should know the entire card for Super Card of Honor. and uh, But no, it looks pretty cool. And I will definitely be checking that out. And uh, I am interested to see what people take away from it and how it presents itself. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because I feel like a lot of what... See, I'm a little bit nervous because in terms of when they were incorporating all the Ring of Honor stuff into the AEW show, it was not being received very well. And there was a lot of people that were kind of like, we don't want to watch the Ring of Honor stuff on AEW. And I don't know if that maybe impacted things a little bit where it kind of left people going, well, do I really want to check it out? Do I really not want to? I feel like I kind of been seeing a little bit of both sides, but I feel at the end of the day, curiosity 
is always going to get people. And I think that I have a feeling that for me, whether or not I tune into Ring of Honor is really going to depend on the matches that are being announced. I also disagree with that statement in the chat, by the way, that says the announcement was a ratings ploy. I mean, if you kind of know that the announcement was always planned, and when you know where the announcement fell in the show, and the fact that they didn't really hype the announcement that much, I fully disagree with that statement. So let's get into that. Is that on your list anywhere today? Nah. No? Okay, no, I want to get your all. thoughts on this, Will, because I'll give you my thoughts really quickly, and I'll hear yours. Um, I kind of felt like, the announcement was cool for a certain type of audience, but by no means did I, here's the thing. I could see it both sides. You're getting, you know, the extra hour and clearly that represents the, a strong relationship between AEW and Warner Brothers and, you know, things being on good terms and all of that with them getting that extra hour for the reality show. All of that is great. I think that there's a, you know, a portion of the people that like to tune into reality shows and this and that. But I do think that given where a lot of us were thinking in terms of what an important announcement is and just a little bit of the way that it was uh, kind of hyped up in the sense of, oh, it's going to be really, um, I forgot what the exact wording was that Tony used during an interview. But uh, I think just with the whole thing about it being an important and a good thing for everything across the board, I think a lot of us were thinking more along the lines of, oh, hey, you know, we're going to get more information on uh, Forbidden Door 2, which Spectrum Cable ended up kind of spoiling some of that information. Uh, you know, we were thinking, uh, I remember you you even mentioning, what if it's a CM Punk thing? And I mean, so, I was totally like, you were that was shooting for the oil. that was shooting for the friggin' we moon. You know, uh, UK stuff, uh, people, gaming fans were like gaming stuff. I did think that the announcement made me kind of go, oh, that's it? Or it, I did feel a deflation where I didn't, I did think that the announcement was not really that all that important to me personally, um, as somebody that was probably expecting something else. What did you well, think? Well, I think the two things, one, I kind of got it like two hours before it dropped. So that helped kind of soften the idea of like it happening on TV. I don't know how people saw it on TV and, uh, and getting the immediate reaction of, oh, that's it. Um, yeah, it but, was the, oh, that's it reaction. Right. So keeping in mind, I already knew what it was before Dynamite, and I didn't watch Dynamite Live, so I didn't feel any impact from it. Um, but what I did think about it was, uh, I, th I think more than anything, what we were supposed to take away from it, and it being the announcement, because this wasn't really like new information, right? We kind of knew all along. Like TNT even confirmed like a year ago that they had given Rhodes to the Top a second season. And obviously without Ro the, the Rhodes in play, what is Rhodes to the Top a right. second season? People were wondering be? about that when Cody left, like, hey, what's going to happen with Rhodes to the Top? Yeah, and I feel like it kind of just became this. Uh so I think really like the Adam Cole stuff, really announcing when his comeback match was going to be, I think was supposed to be what made this more of an announcement than anything else. But then else. again, we didn't get a day. A lot of us thought it was going to be happening at Revolution. They just said March. So is this going to happen before? I mean, clearly not before Revolution since Revolution's coming up this week, unless it happens, right. you know, unless it happens on March 1st, I'm looking at what date Dynamite is this week. Uh, then we're looking at after Revolution. Like, I'm just thinking about how this announcement was made in the first place, which wasn't, like, huge. It wasn't, like, a, a grandiose, like, graphic on the screen. Like, they did with, with the first dance, right? Where they put this graphic up on the screen that said, next week, Tony yeah. Khan's going to announce a major event. Literally, it was in the middle of Swerve versus Dustin Rhodes in the 
bottom left corner of your screen. Very quickly, Excalibur goes, and this Wednesday on Dynamite, we're going to get an important announcement from Tony Khan. Also this Friday, we're going to see John Moxley versus Eva Luno. Like, it was that quick. It wasn't even, like, something... Yeah, but then afterwards on. on Rampage, we did get, like, a full-on, Tony Khan's going to make an important announcement when no, they were running down... When they were running at another show, yeah, they had it at one point. I, remember I don't remember that ever it. hitting the full screen thing. I remember yes. it just being in the bottom yes. left of the screen. Okay. Yes, because Maybe. I see this stuff. Will, I screenshot it and post the matches up every single show. <laughs> right, and I don't remember you having that one. So that's why. But I okay, didn't want maybe I'm to. I was like, oh, whatever. We already know <laughs> the announcement's coming up, but it was there. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a. Uh, People are thinking that it might be on the 15th um, of March, by the way, when this would debut, which would make sense because that's the show from, I want to say, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Um, And that's kind of a bigger show for them. So I can see it premiering after that. Yeah, so clearly uh, Adam Cole's announcement was the thing I, I would say most people were excited in terms of the reality show. Again, it's because reality show, it's I think it's, t- do you tune into any wrestling reality shows? Because I really don't. Okay, no. you see what I mean? It's a very no. niche. But I, but I've told this story before about how I it took me a long time to accept what wrestling reality shows have done for professional wrestling. Um, and I've told the story before about how I was at a WWE house show one time and I sat next to this girl who didn't know any of the wrestlers. But then she goes, uh, but then Eva Marie comes out. She goes, that's Natalie. And I didn't know who the fuck Natalie was. I'm like, what are you talking about? You mean <laughs> Eva Marie? And uh, she's like, yeah, Natalie. And I'm like... And then it hit me that she's talking about her real name. And I thought, oh, she watches Total Divas. And then uh, Trinity, so Naomi also wrestled that night. She's like, oh, it's Trinity. And I'm like, yes. okay, this is a person who's been hooked into pro wrestling via Total Divas. But that's a good thing. That's a really good thing um, when you think about it. And I think this show... I don't know what this show is going to do for people I'm outside of pro wrestling because, because it's, oh, here's the difference. Will those shows were on E on E that's, entertainment, that's, but that's what I was going to say. Is there going to be any type of crossover? Because I think that's, that's the important thing here because of course, Warner brothers discovery doesn't just own TNT and TBS. They also own um, TLC, the biggest reality network on TV, which is weird to say, if you sold, said that to me 20 years ago, would have been like the learning channel. What are you talking about? But now TLC is something completely different than it used TLC to be. TLC from but, the longest I know, isn't that where they had say yes to the dress and all these yeah. other shows, a trading spaces, which used to be my favorite show. I mean, it used to be an educational network, but somewhere along the way, they were like, there's no money to be made in the learning channel. So it's TLC now. Now but anyway, don't they do like my 600 pound life and stuff like that. Yeah, but either way, that's also owned by um, Warner Brothers Discovery. And so one of the things that they have been doing since the merger is like BattleBots, for example. That's a show that airs on Discovery, but uh, they also do replays over on TBS. And so if I were thinking like Warner Brothers Discovery, I would think, yes, this show obviously premiered after Dynamite to appeal to wrestling fans, but also use some of my reality show TV space, use Discovery, use uh, TLC to air reruns of the show and try to hook people who might just be into reality TV, period, but don't know anything about AEW. That's what I'd be using it for. Yeah, I would too, because look, I have a lot of friends that are in the entertainment industry that do not watch pro wrestling at all, but they will tell you who the Bella Twins are. They will tell you about Toto Divas. They will tell you about Miz and Maurice even. Uh, so I'm One like- of my friends got into AEW because she saw a commercial and texted me and she was like, isn't that Brie Bella's husband? And it was <laughs> promoting the main event of Dynamite, which was going to be Brian versus Chris Jericho. It was when that match happened. And she texted me going, "It's 
I know that guy. He's Brie Bella's husband. And I was <laughs> almost offended. I was almost like, Brie Bella's husband? <laughs> You're like, what the hell? This is like, Brian Danielson. Yeah, this is Brian Danielson. This is the goat. What are you talking about? Brie but, Bella's uh, husband. Yeah, but I'm like, but I recognized. I was like, oh, this is yes. an opportunity to get somebody into pro wrestling. So therefore, yes, that is Brie Bella's husband. She actually started watching and she went to Dynamite like two months ago. Uh, so I do recognize how much those things can get people into wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying thoughts on the first uh, time match on Rampage between Aussie Open versus Young Bucks. Aussie Open are one of the best teams in the world and crazy that they aren't signed anywhere yet. They need to be signed ASAP. So I'm personally going to hold off on talking about this match. But Will, do you want to hold off or get into your list already? Well, if it's not on... I mean, it's it's down on my list, so if okay, I'm going to have to wait. But if it is on yours, then I will wait and let okay. you get into that. <laughs> All right, Sheldon, I don't mean to diss your super chat because thank you very much, but we'll get to that in just a second. Um, All right, so let's get into We got another one here from Anime Otaku 2 who says, I was disappointed by the lack of UK news being Scottish. I hope they do TV up here before leaving. Um, The uh, Forbidden Door date should be or the ff date should be kenny's north carolina bit okay i'm a little confused there where are we going with this but anyways i do want because they haven't announced any dates yet for the london show i am you know um anticipating that i would like to know that because they really haven't said much i mean they really just did like two graphics last year where they were like we're coming to london and that was it mm-hmm. yeah i mean i there's been some rumors going around that uh uh, money in the bank may have played a factor in like kind of stomping on some of the hype, but uh, I, I don't surprised. know. I don't know that for sure. Uh, so that's not a report. Um, but that's oh oh fight forever. Okay, I get it. The FF. Oh, thank you. I'm like, what's North- FF? Yeah, that's <laughs> I that's he true. Meant, like FD instead of maybe it was a no, type. I, 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 I got it. Yeah. Door? What? Yes. I mean, that would be a great way to do it, to just have Justin Roberts in the middle of the ring and go, he is the producer of Fight Forever, which launches on March 31st, 2023. And he's not from North Carolina. Like that whole bit. Like, I feel like that's the way to do it. Okay. Um, that's not bad, actually. That's a good idea. Uh, and as far as... No, okay. I don't have anything else as far as any of that's concerned. All right. All right. All right. Let's get into this, everybody. I'm a little torn. I'm going to go. I'm I'm going to go as go with the flow in terms of what I do with my list. So, Will, you're up. It's your turn, man. What was your third best of the week? All right. My third best of the week because of the fact that last week um, we kind of harped on the ending of uh, Elimination Chamber and specifically some of the things that they left open. Um, I will say that Raw gave me a good feeling about some of those things, specifically the opening segment of Raw with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I actually very much liked this segment. I thought Sami Zayn um, calling out Kevin Owens and wanting to make amends and Kevin Owens basically telling him no Uh, and having good reason to do so. Kevin Owens basically uh, reminding us that I said I wanted nothing to do with you, and I meant that, and that's sticking. And on top of that, um, you guys, you did some awful shit while a part of the the bloodline, and I still have a problem with you. I still have a problem with the bloodline. I'm focusing on that, and if you want some help, go ask Jey Uso. I thought Kevin Owens was great here. I thought it was a great play on the crowd. Uh, I thought it was a great way to deviate attention off of Sami Zayn 
wanting Roman Reigns and simply wanting to destroy the bloodline and realizing that the only way they can do it is together. But Kevin Owens doesn't care right now. This was a great opening segment and a great way to progress things going forward uh, and keep interest in it. I'm still interested in what happens with these two. Okay, so, Will, I'm so glad you put this one in your third best of the week because now I can take it out of mine and put the other thing that I'm going to put. <laughs> okay, because I told you I had a couple of options here and I really didn't know what I was going to go with, but I agree with you. I did like this segment very much. Uh, and really a lot of it was just primarily because everything that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens do is very entertaining. And Kevin Owens hitting that whole line where he just basically said, um, if you need help taking down the bloodline, just ask your buddy Jay. I thought that was just so good to hear him say him basically just saying, you know what, I've been fighting the bloodline for months now on my own. And as far as I'm concerned I'm that like that's fine with me I thought that that was perfect because uh Sean and I uh Sean is in the chat right now um we're always talking about on our raw post show how literally Kevin Owens is the guy that always seems to be knowing what's actually happening on the show like you know there's always these storylines that don't make sense or things that don't make sense Kevin Owens is the only person who pays attention to the product remember shit that happened from like weeks ago and so this to me makes a lot of sense because when Kevin Owens did say a while back that he was done with Sami Zayn he was very passionate like I'm done you know mm -hmm. and so for him to follow up on that the way that he did here today um I mean, not today, sorry, on Monday. Uh, I, I was a fan of everything from this. I liked this. This was great stuff with, between Kevin Owens and Sammy. So I was very happy to see the way they did that. Um, with that being said, <laughs> my third best of the week, Will. <laughs> She's got to do it. <laughs> it's going to Charlotte Flair, Dominic Mysterio, and Rhea Ripley. I'm sorry. I thought this shit was hilarious. I was dying about this. Okay, so um, where do I begin? All right. So first and foremost, you know, I've been liking the prison dom stuff. It finally, you know, grew on me. Thank God, because if they were going to be de dedicating so much time to Dominic Mysterio, I mean, they had to change things up, man, because it was bad. Okay. And now, like, it's still not something that I would consider great by any means, but it's tolerable. It's like, we're all in on the joke. Let's laugh about it. Although a lot of people, oh my gosh, a lot of people on social media get really heated up when it comes to Dominic. Like there are people that I don't think they realize that you're supposed to be in on the joke with this. And it's pretty crazy to see some of the comments and reactions that Dominic gets like on uh, clips and stuff. Like I'd see it on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. But anyways, so the reason I was a fan of this was because when Charlotte, you know, they had promoted that we were going to be seeing this face-to-face -face between Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. And so I'm thinking, okay, great. Uh, obviously, the reason why they set up why Rhea Ripley chose Charlotte Flair as uh, her opponent for WrestleMania was because of the history that they have and, you know, everything that went down with them. So I feel like that already gave you the reason, right? But... People, I think, kind of wanted to see a little bit more. We've been seeing promos from both Rhea and Charlotte separately, though, on their own brands, where Charlotte's talking about how, you know, Rhea Ripley, uh, she's still nowhere near Charlotte's level. And Rhea is basically saying Charlotte is stuck in the past and that she's the best bloody woman in WWE. And all of that has been great, right? But 
when Charlotte Flair was out there and Dominic comes out instead of Rhea, I'm thinking, oh God, this is going to be so painful. Like, what are we going to get here between these two? Like, how bad is this going to be, right? And then it ended up being really freaking hilarious because Dominic starts off by saying that women are the softer sex. And I'm thinking, okay, where are we going with this, you know? And then he starts to say that apparently, by the way, I misunderstood this live. I thought live he said that when Rhea Ripley loves him, <laughs> that she damn near breaks his back. Oh, no. <laughs> I... Apparently he said hugs. <laughs> so it changed yeah. everything. <laughs> Whoever is writing for Dominic is doing some great shit. Um, and is... It, I'm... <laughs> really appreciative of Dominic being in on the idea of him being a gigantic weenie who thinks he's tougher than he is. Like when right. he says something like women are the softer sex, but he's in there with Charlotte who very clearly could kick his ass, who gets manhandled by um, Rhea Ripley herself. Like it's a very, very funny thing. And exactly. it, it pays off well. It's good writing. So that's what I liked about like the way that this started off. And then, uh, you know, she damn near breaks my back is what he says. And then finally, Charlotte's a little bit fed up with this. You know, she's not having it. And she looks at him and she's like, you know what? She says, quote, literally, she says, I have a real Latino man at home that calls me mommy with a much thicker. And she even does the eyeballs like she moves down a little bit and she does this big pause. And then she says, accent i didn't know where she was going when she said thicker and i'm like are we really going to get like a like i didn't know what she was gonna say clearly it was a you know her alluding to you know what and blah 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 not gonna get into the finer details we're all grown-ups here figure it out yourself um but when she did it no what does she mean denise i don't know <laughs> grown-ups well, well you're a father of two my anyway. virgin ears all right. Well, okay. Father of two. I How are babies? She was alluding to the chorizo, man. She was alluding to the chorizo. Do you know what chorizo is, Will? I'm going to assume some type of food. So I, I think in English it's, um, fuck, what is it in English? Hold on one second. I don't know what it is in English. It's a meat. It's a, it, it's a <laughs> meat, but it meat. looks like a, like a, you know, you know what it looks like. Yeah. Kind like, you know, anyways, Ooh. it's a joke um <laughs> sausage or is that what we're talking about here i don't it's i don't know what it is in english is it an, it's a sausage i mean i'm english? reading the, the i'm reading the chat and they're all like spicy sausage. sorry yeah okay <laughs> there you go spicy to me i just know it as chorizo okay i'm sorry to me it's chorizo 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 right whatever the point okay. that i'm trying to get here is that this was freaking hilarious we all know that charlotte is with andrade he was not necessarily mentioned but then even after this it went further where you know he's bringing up about how they're both uh you know have famous fathers and he's trying to you know bury his dad and charlotte's like nah i'm with you man i actually love my dad i love this rio finally comes out they have their face to face this was freaking entertaining to me i thought this could have been a big giant stinker uh charlotte's line popped me it all worked out i was a fan well Jose Flores says Mexican sausage. There I actually knew what chorizo was. I actually eat that regularly. So, um, best okay, why didn't you? Why didn't you say anything? Because it's, it's funny. Um, but... no, that's, what, that's what I always, okay, look, I'm, you know, obviously Mexican. I'm married a Mexican man. So I'm always making chorizo jokes. You know, once you get with the chorizo, it's hard to go anyplace else. But anyways, so bad. 
<laughs> Very inappropriate oh joke. <laughs> oh man. Okay. I do some very inappropriate things when people aren't around, man. You should well, hear what I say off air. Continue I have to tell though. you, my like I said, I've been wanting to talk to you about this segment for a minute because Why you uh, wanna on, know what it's like? Well on I'm what I'm done. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> I'm just I hope he's watching now. by the way but uh you know, you on... hear me I'm super loud as you guys know yes as oh, Cody Rhodes told us but yeah, uh true. so on one end I'm looking at this like yeah this was amusing I suppose uh on the other side of it I remember reading a report that came uh, from Dave Meltzer this week, and it mentioned how WWE is very interested via uh, because of sponsors and things along those lines and making sure that Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley is the main event for WrestleMania night one this year. And if this is how they're going to get there, oh, fuck. They are fucked as far as making anybody interested in Rhea Ripley winning the title. Because at the end of the day... I thought there's some amusing stuff about this segment. I thought, you know, I actually do really like Dominic Mysterio. And if you showed me a clip of me saying that and showed it to me a year ago, I would have been like, that's a deep fake. That's not real. This I isn't. I was kidnapped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm being held. For help. <laughs> yes. I'm being held hostage. There is a gun to my back because there's no way I would be saying that I find Dominic Mysterio entertaining. But guess what? I find Dominic Mysterio very entertaining. But. This did nothing to sell me on a women's championship match. This did nothing to sell me on a women's championship program. It is very interesting that on the men's side of things, you know, it's very much like, hey, let's focus on the title and let's make the title the most important thing here. Cody Rhodes wants that championship. It is the most important thing in his eyes. And the fact that we're not going to see Cody and... Um, uh, and Roman, Roman Reigns. Yeah, I was going to say Roman Reigns come face-to-face -face until i believe Night i think march march no march 13th oh, is what oh you're I mean. talking about but okay on raw like they're really holding off on doing a face-to-face -face between those two and so uh i think that's i know there are people who are like dang they're gonna go that long that's almost a month from now till we're finally gonna see cody and roman face-to-face -face. but if they play that right it's gonna come off well and it's gonna um and you notice even having a surrogate or surrogate surrogate for uh Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman there, they're still keeping it about the title and making it feel like something that's worthy of being the main event of WrestleMania. And so here we have Charlotte having her surrogate here, but we're out here talking about having your Latino man at home with his thick accent. And I just <laughs> thought, what the fuck are we doing here? This is a title. The SmackDown Women's title has not been defended in like three pay-per-views on pay uh, what or premium live events, excuse me, because it wasn't on the Chamber. It wasn't at Royal Rumble. And last time it was defended was Survivor Series, which is back in November. So here we are in March, a chance to make this matter. And I felt like they didn't do that. They made me laugh a little bit, I guess. But I didn't feel like I was uh, into this enough 
uh, from a title picture standpoint, and I don't think this is doing the title picture any favors. It wasn't enough for me to put it at worst, uh, because at least I laughed I at it. it was great. But, but here's the thing, though. Look, if they, you know, obviously it's going to depend what they do the following weeks, right? But this was just one thing that they did one week. To me, I still care about Rhea and Charlotte uh, the same way that I did before. Uh, to me, this just added a little bit of comedy. But like I said, they've been doing those promos where they were both, you know, doing the sit down interviews that they did. Um, and yeah, I just, I do think we need to get more interactions between Charlotte and Rhea themselves because everything has kind of been, you know, on their own brands and whatnot. So I do get your point of view from that. But like I said, I feel like this was just like one thing. It was funny. It actually worked. They did something a little bit different. I was totally okay with this. <laughs> I just want to heat things up. I feel like, oh yeah, for sure. Like I already felt like the announcement. I, don't, I hope they don't do this like every week, you know? Well, not just that. I, I thought honestly, the announcement of Rhea picking Charlotte felt kind of a bit like a dud um, because yeah. I think that there was so much intrigue in Rhea picking Bianca and us not getting that. And then she at least explained her reasoning where she was like, you know, I want to avenge that loss from a couple years ago. And I thought, okay, I can live with that. So, you know, at least there's been a burning desire in her to go back after Charlotte and that's why she's doing it. But none of that's been addressed ever since. And so I still don't feel any intensity between the two of them yet. And I'm wondering when we're going to get to it. Right, right. I feel you on that. I feel you. Uh, there was one more thing I wanted to say, and now I just kind of lost it, but it was something that you had said, and now I just kind of went away. But anyways, um, I'm looking forward to the match. Oh, yeah. Here's the, what I was going to say, because I like originally when we were thinking about what Rhea Ripley was going to do at WrestleMania, my whole thing was I did want to see her against uh, Becky Lynch. And clearly, you know, we didn't get there. There was just too much. You were going to have to go a whole different direction, right? But I did want to see her against Bianca more so than Charlotte. I don't know why, to me, I just was a little bit more excited for that matchup. And now seeing that, you know, right now, I'm not, I think they really do need to heat up also Bianca and Asuka. Because right now that doesn't feel hot either. So I do kind of feel like a little bit, you know, disappointed on that end. And um. So yeah, but anyways, that's kind of where we were at. Ten Ruza here sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Ten Ruza, who says, if any of the Muda show isn't on your best, then you are crazy and a fool. The retirement show is incredible. Japanese wrestling is back, baby. So I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. Um, okay, so the, but trust <laughs> me, I'm eventually going to get to it because I hate to be that person that does not watch things that are important and I need to sit down and take my time to do this but thank you so much to ten ruza for sending this super chat in it's much appreciated um all right and uh let's see what else we got here all right we're caught up here all right let's go ahead and get into will's second best of the week my second best of the week uh talking about feuds that are making things seem important i'm gonna jump over to the other side, over to a show that took place, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and that was AEW Dynamite and a segment that featured both Brian Danielson and Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. I thought that that smile from Denise is telling me that that's also it's her my number two, number two. Pick, two. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, also my so. number two. I might as well just say it now. We have the <laughs> yeah. same number two pick, yeah. Oh, crap. Do we have the same number one as well? Uh, I'm curious. God damn it, Will. God damn it. <laughs> Why do great. we do this to ourselves? Wait, wait, wait. No, I actually, I don't think we do. I don't think we do. Um, so I know this we is definitely good. don't have the same worst. No, uh, but my either worst way. My worst is fucking hilarious. 
All right, I'm excited to hear what it is. Um, but second best of the week, MJF, Brian Danielson. I actually thought that uh, this segment was very, very well done. Brian Danielson, of course, comes out and plays up to the crowd, mentions that uh, it sounds like you guys want me to win the AEW World Championship, and they all chant yes. And he talks about how MJF hates me, but then he starts listing off all the stuff that MJF has done, but he hates me. Um, and he gets, he goes down the list of, uh, you know, talking about you put me, uh, you know, you hired people to injure me. You put the gauntlet up against me. You injured my mentor. As soon as he mentions that MJF's music hits, MJF makes his way down and he breaks it to the world that he is, uh, now on the market ladies, but also that, uh, he, he feels like everybody's turned their backs on him. He doesn't have anybody else. He doesn't have... A family any longer he doesn't have the hopes of having a family but what he does have is the aew world championship he has wrestling and meanwhile uh and again we've heard these stories from mjf before and um some people feel like they're getting kind of sick of these stories uh because they they you know they, they're just character stuff for mjf and bringing things up to, to try and play on the fans but i think what they're missing here is how mjf takes what should be a deeply personal story and turns it into some wildly selfish shit on tv and uh i loved how he turned all of that that your my family my fiance leaving me my not getting to have a family all of that and he turns it into but brian has all of that and so he's taking from me and taking out of my pockets and you know he's had more concussions than anybody and yet here he is still wrestling risking not being there for a family that I don't ever get to have. And, uh, and that makes me sick. And then he starts talking to the camera, talking to Brian's kids. Soon as uh, he finally gets in the ring and mentions CTE, him and Brian brawl. Uh, I thought the segment sold me a ticket. Honestly, I thought that if there was any hesitation I had as to being interested in this upcoming Iron Man match, all of it is out the door. I loved every little bit of this. And I loved how much, they worked to sell me on wanting to see these two face each other and sold me on the importance of the AEW World Championship to MJF. And in a sense, selling. And as he did that, he ended up selling how important it is to Brian because he talked about how Brian, no matter what Brian has, he can't seem to give up professional wrestling. And what is the pinnacle of professional wrestling? The World Championship. And so every word here felt designed to get me to care about what's happening at Revolution. And as a pay-per-view that for the most part feels a lot colder than AEW pay-per-views have in the past, this match here uh, is the exception to all of that. And this segment did what it needed to do to get me there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you pretty much ran it all down and I completely, uh, you know, agree with what you said about uh, this segment here. And um, that is why I also put it as my second best of the week. And really, I think the thing that I personally want to mention about this too is as you know, MJF was saying this stuff about, you know, his fiance. I was, I remember thinking, and it wasn't until Sean obviously posted the tweet about, you know, him being like, you know, this is actually accurate like this is a real thing that happened I didn't know like if I, I started thinking like okay he wouldn't say that like just to say it you know that that wouldn't make any sense I wasn't sure if he was just trying to uh add to the story um so then it, and when the chance started when the fans started chanting you deserve it 
and then finding out that it's true i was like oh damn that's fucked up you know <laughs> fucked up like in a funny sad way like i can't explain it you know so obviously the people didn't like really know for sure if that was true or not and it you know it was thrown into the storyline so you're gonna react to it um regardless but um it's interesting that i would love to get into the mind of mjf because i don't know you know i feel like adding that into the story and bringing it up and using it in a storyline, not everybody would be able to do that. You know, that's a personal choice as to whether or not you can go out there and talk about it without, you know, crumbling to tears like I probably would. Uh, so it is interesting. To, I would love to kind of like crawl inside his head and figure out like, okay, at what moment did he realize, hey, I'm going to put this in there. And this is the way that it's going to you know, contribute to the storyline, right? So that was part of what I personally liked. I also thought it was one of the best things, period, that we saw on Dynamite. Like, it was really the only thing that I really considered, like, one of the most important parts of the actual show in terms, like, if you didn't watch it, I would be like, okay, go make sure you watch this segment with Brian Danielson and MJF. Um, Him talking to Brian Danielson's kids, addressing to them, uh, you know, Birdie and Buddy, and, you know, saying, like, I'm your Uncle Max and hi. I thought that was pretty hilarious too um this was really good stuff i loved what it did it just kept making the story a little bit more personal between brian and mjf so i was a fan of this it was definitely one of the strong suit strong po stronger points of aw dynamite for this week for sure hey, all right we're in agreement. it's time for our worst though Hey, we missed two super chats, and I know Did people I? are going to get on us for these. Uh, Richard Martinez says, "Is this oh, after the that. week or after dark?" <laughs> um, <laughs> and hey, we should do we should do a special episode, Will. Yeah, we should do an after dark but... episode. Come on at like midnight, and we can just <laughs> talk about like all like the I don't know. Something. We'll something. <laughs> we, I, I get where you're going with this, but and... not make it super raunchy, you know, like in a funny way, like a, I don't know, a mockumentary. How okay? Because obviously, a a, a, a a mockumentary is like you know a satire of a documentary. What would, would how would you say it in podcast form? A mock you podcastry? <laughs> I don't let's. I don't even think <laughs> I'm making up a word here. Mock I don't know. A mockcast would be the, the easiest. Mock pod? Uh, there we go. A mock pod. I, mock I like pod? that. Yeah. Pylons also says uh, it's early days, but the women's feuds going into WrestleMania seem pretty underwhelming. I, I can't disagree with that. I felt that way heading into Elimination Chamber. I, I feel like I said it on one of the podcasts. Um, but I don't feel that way about Rhea and Charlotte because I do think that one's going to be pretty entertaining. I, I mean, I think they're both going to be really good in terms of in-ring wise. And um, yeah, you know, I, I do, you know, there's time to heat those up. I, I think more so they need to heat up Bianca and Asuka because right now it kind of just feels like a default pick versus something that was, you know, Here's the thing, like with Cody and Roman, right? Or just so many of the stories that you're seeing, like you knew we were heading there. There's a lot of matches on this card where it kind of just feels like, oh, that was the option. Let's get them in there, you know? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, thank you so much for letting me know about the Super Chats, guys. My uh, chat thing on StreamYard has been acting funky. So thank you very much. Um, all right. So let's get into now. Uh, Will, what was the worst thing you saw this week? 
I'm going to be a little kind this week. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily harp on something for being bad as much as I'm going to harp on something because I hated it. Uh, Because I don't think the ending of the... I don't think anything about the Revolution Tag Team Battle Royal was bad per se. But man, was I angry when Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal won this. And... (laughs) Wow, I should have I... known. I no, should have known. You should have known. I remember like when they announced it, I'm like, okay, clearly one spot's going to go to Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. To me, it was super obvious given everything no, that they've been doing. It was want... super obvious. See, like, I was like, so many people that were like upset and booing it. I'm like, y'all not watching? We all knew they were going to take a spot. Look, okay, first off, uh, I the thing is, because there are a number of places they could have gone, and I'm like, okay, Top Flight got that victory over the Young Bucks a few weeks ago. That's a perfect way to capitalize on some of their tag team momentum. There's ways you places you could go here. I, I love hate Jeff Jarrett. I have to say this. It's not a feeling of genuine hate, but I will say that when he wins things, and when he gets to celebrate, and when he gets to strut, and he's when so he so good at being a heel, that I genuinely do get this feeling of, oh, I hate this so much, but I'm supposed to. So therefore, yeah. he's doing it's... his job. Yes. So I give this my worst in the sense that it did its job. But man, was I like actually mad when it happened. Yeah, Will, you got worked. <laughs> I got worked. Will worked Washington. <laughs> yes, I was actually worked. And the worst part was the the ways that they worked us. Because they did a good job at it, right? Of like, they had Trent tossed over. And then the way he skinned the cat, they threw him out again. And he makes his way back in. And they had Orange Cassidy make the save. So it was like, okay, some moments of triumph are happening here. He's going to overcome all of this and win it. And when he throws Jeff Jarrett out and you're like, oh, best friends. I wasn't thinking best friends, but that's a cool pick. And then Satnam Singh catches Jeff Jarrett and puts him back in. And he hits the stroke and throws him out. It was such a frustrating ending. (laughs) Because like... There's so many things wrong with Jeff Jarrett being, even having a place in the tag team division. Like, you know, we talk about makeshift tag teams and how AEW's done them before. You've had Keith, or you've had Keith Lee and Swerve. You've had um, uh, Hangman and Kenny. You've had tag teams that aren't actual tag teams, but at some point gelled together and worked in a way where you want to see them succeed. There is nothing about that that is Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. (laughs) And so they defy so much of what the tag division has been over these years. Will, repeat that sentence you just said. I don't remember what I said. You just said they defied everything that the AEW tag team division has been for years. I know. And so therefore, I'm being... Who are AEW tag team champions right now? The... And that's the thing. We're already doing this twice. That's the problem here, right? That we're already doing this twice. We have the ass boys as the tag team champions. I said this on my show, and I was like, I know people are going to get pissed, but I'd much rather see Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal as AEW tag team champions than the guns. I'm sorry. You know what? Cancel me. Whatever. (laughs) I'm prepared to be canceled. I mean, look, I at the very least feel like... (laughs) Like... Uh, the Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal theme song mashup is like annoyingly good in a way where like it sucks because it's 
All right, I think I know where some of this hatred is coming from. I watched a lot of TNA back in the day. And there was nothing I hated more than seeing Jeff Jarrett win. There's nothing that made my stomach turn more than hearing... And I thought that I was past that point in my life. And it's back in my life. And it's... (laughs) And he's still doing it. He's still winning in times where I want to see other people win. Like, nothing made me more mad than Jeff Hardy versus Jeff Jarrett in a match where, hey, this is Jeff Hardy's time to win the title. And Jeff Jarrett won. And I had to hear... And so... He's still doing it to me. I hate you, Jeff Jarrett. That's it. And so when Jeff Jarrett wins, it takes my worst. Oh, my God. I have to disagree. I saw it coming. I knew they were going to take a spot. Uh, uh, Honestly, like, I'm just like, whatever. At this point, come on. No offense, but the guns are AEW Tag Team Champions. I'm tr- Everything after this can only go up, honestly. <laughs> Nope, sup, sorry, that was my <laughs> I'm like, Twitter what's going, going on up. here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got Leonard Aarons III who sends in a super chat saying a week from tonight, all the Max is just a promo guy goes away after giving 60 with the best pro grappler on the planet. Uncle Max was brutal. Um, I'm looking forward to that match because I'm really curious to see how it's going to turn out what the what the fan reaction to this match is going to be. Um, I think it's going to be good. I'm hoping it's going to be good. I I mean, based on what I've seen from MJF in ring wise, I know we tend to forget that he's actually good in the ring, but he is. And based on what we've seen and based on what we know Brian Danielson can do, I mean, I feel like this is going to actually be, you know, it's almost like that odd food pairing that you'd be too scared to try, but then you try it and it's really good. That's what I'm hoping for. I mean, honestly, uh, we've seen Max go and we know he can go. Uh, we've seen it for years at this point. I don't even know how it's still a talking point that Max can't go. I think people um, forget because there goes there's so much time in between matches. I think that's what it honestly is. Well, I think there's also the fact that he's compared so much to The Miz and like The Miz stinks. And so Who the when comparing people compare him Jeff to The Miz, where have of course, I been? They, 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 yeah, they've been doing that for years. And even it, CM Punk used it in a promo, right? Where he oh, called yeah, him your right. le- he I was forgot. like your less famous Miz, and that's the thing people actually. I'm said sorry, for years. I just don't see MJF and The Miz anywhere near being compared to each other. I know, and I think that because people know that, like when Miz like, gets in the no ring, way. when Miz gets in the ring, you're probably going to be. Maybe not oh, disappointed, yeah. remember, but like not impressed. I forgot that was when they were saying all. Oh, never mind. I remember now. It's all coming yeah. back to me now. Sorry, completely yeah. forgot. So, um, <laughs> so that so the fact that those they get compared, but like MJF is in a completely different class, and like both on the mic too. Um, I don't think people uh, are willing to give him that credit either. But uh, I think this match will deliver. I I still kind of think Brian might win, uh, and. There's there's a little piece of me that that's kind of thinking so. And... I'm torn. I still haven't decided what my official prediction for this is. I got a couple more days till my prediction show, so I got time mm-hmm. to think about it. But well, yeah, I'm it's gonna be interesting. What you pick. Emery Alexander sends in a super chat saying MJF and the guns from weeks back. Uh, heels are kind of right. Made me want Ray versus Dom to wait to SummerSlam in a ladder match for Ray's career like custody. Uh, I mean, there is a good chance we might be getting Ray Mysterio versus Dominic at WrestleMania. I think I, we are getting at WrestleMania. I think that's I why know. they held off this I think they can do a long. tag team. Maybe they can do something like that. 
I don't know. I mean, no, at this point, you you got to pay the match off now. I feel like they've held off way too long. You they don't, have Bray, the crowd for it too. It's going to be interesting to see how they react. They even had Bray jump ship over to SmackDown to avoid him, and Dominic won't leave him alone. WrestleMania is the time to pay this off. I think Dominic needs to get booed like freaking crazy. Oh yeah, for sure, and he's good at it. I think he will. I hope somebody takes a sign that says "Dom is a no sabo kid." So, do you know what that is? Will? No, what does that mean? <laughs> so a no sabo kid, uh, and I think I think Dominic actually. I don't know if he speaks fluent Spanish. I think he might. I'm not too sure. But a no sabo kid is essentially a kid that is of like Latino, like that's Latino, but doesn't actually speak Spanish. And so they're they only speak English. They don't know how to speak Spanish. So they're called a no sabo kid. Like and it's embarrassing. Like you don't want to be. Yeah. Okay. There you go. He would be a no sabo kid. Like you don't oh. want to be a no sabo kid. Like that's embarrassing. Like oh. you, it's embarrassing. Yeah. So it's really funny. I feel so bad, but like I I made fun of my uh so my fiance's niece she she's in the phase right now where she wants to be super american and she doesn't want anything to do with like her she doesn't want to speak spanish like she's 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 in that phase she's like nine right so i was making fun of her and i kept i was like you're a no sabo kid it was so funny but she ended up crying so then i was just a jerk but... oh look at denise just picking on children picking on nine-year-olds denise salcedo what is <laughs> it was funny though she was well, she didn't cry like cry but she was like i'm not a no sabo kid mom mom denise is calling me a no sabo kid <laughs> It's funny as hell. And then she has a huge crust on Harry Potter. And I told her Harry Potter only dates girls who speak Spanish, which is a lie, but I didn't care. I was just trolling. Anyways, but um, Emery Alexander, thank you so much for sending in this super chat. And we'll Denise see. Denise picks on children. This is... I do. I pick on but children. But also, I want to know what Denise is picking on for her worst of the week. Well, we got a couple of super chats. Hold on. Hold on. Amir right. F sends one sends one in saying next week Sting Darby or FTR. A lot of people are saying FTR. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what they're how long they're planning on being out since they asked for time off. I'm I'm assuming I was expecting them to be gone a little bit of a longer period. I don't know. Uh, I mean, if it is FTR, then that ties together the two big feuds, or like, they weren't really big, but the two feuds that came out of Full Gear this year, which was. The Acclaimed versus Jared and Lethal and the Guns versus FTR. And essentially you tie both together into a four-way. That would make the most sense. Um, the fact that they're doing the casino-style uh, tag battle royal for this one. Um, like last year they did that and the surprise team ended up being Top Flight. Uh, and it was the return of Darius Martin for those who forgot that. This year... I don't know. I mean, I feel like, you know, the whole point of the casino tag match is that you introduce the teams one by one so you can have that surprise moment, whereas in the standard Battle Royal, which, by the way, how did you feel about the Battle Royal? I thought about you through this because I know how much you hate Battle Royals and you yeah. hate um, the uh, all the people in the ring at once. And... I was an autopilot. No, it's not that <laughs> I just, to me, the Battle Royals are always the same. Mm -hmm. Nothing happens until you're down to the final few people. So for me, it was like, okay, well, same reaction I always have. I'm I'm just waiting towards the end yeah so there were some fun spots in there but it, it wasn't anything too extraordinary in my opinion uh benoit richard sends in a super chat thank you so much benoit i was also a member here of the youtube channel who says denise you're allowed to be wrong about jared don't cancel <laughs> you never know man you never know but thank you so much for sending in the super chat and for all your support it's much appreciated 
Um, okay, I think I'm all cut up with the super chats. I hope I didn't miss any. Nope, I did not. Okay, let's get into my worst of the week. I was it, laughing for like 20 minutes about my worst of the week because I'm really hoping that it doesn't end up being this. Let me explain. My worst of the week was Omos challenging Brock Lesnar to a match at <laughs> WrestleMania because I feel like this can't happen, right? Like it can't happen. Like this can't be the WrestleMania match that we get. Like something has to happen Monday. I Clearly. almost picked this, so this right, is right. Good okay, pick. really? Okay, okay. so mm -hmm. I wasn't too far off. Like, I just feel clearly something has to happen, but what if it doesn't? What if we actually do see Omos? The word going around, it, the word going around is that that's what this is. I but know. I'm hoping they're working like everyone, but. Please. <laughs> I want to be worked in this. I don't want to see Omaz versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I'm sorry. Shout out to yesterday's Crap City, by the way, because Reg's joke on this was so oh good. Oh, my God. But, you, but Crap City. That's the, I can't do it justice. Uh, and this is the show to do it justice on. But I will say that uh, Reg, Reg, I just posted it on my Twitter. I shared it from... Um, uh, I, I shared it from Life of Dean's account. So either way, uh, good stuff. No, I agree, though. Uh, I'm hoping for some kind of swerve because literally if their idea for moving on from Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley was that Brock low-blowed him and we're just done, just got DQ'd, and he moves on. I'm going to cry, Will. If that's the WrestleMania match, I might cry out of like that just being so incredibly lame. I'm sorry, like, why? No, there's just so many better options. Like we don't know how much longer Brock Lesnar is gonna be around, man. And you're wasting a whole ass WrestleMania match on him versus Omaz at freaking WrestleMania 39 SoFi Stadium in Hollywood. Come on, you can't do us dirty like that. I'm sorry, I bless Omaz. I really like him, he's a nice guy, but this ain't it. No, I mean, honestly, this is, if this is happening, I said this on Grapsity yesterday, so pardon me if you're hearing this point a second time. But if this is happening, I'm not saying that I truly believe, Denise, that Vince is back. But I am saying that... You're going to become uh, a conspiracy theorist and on well, that end? Yeah, I don't blame well, you. I, I don't blame you. I would feel the exact the same reason, way. The reason Consider is because... A conspiracy like, theorist. Right, because the way I think of it, just logically, Hunter took over in August. And since August, he's maybe used Omos like three times. Like, it's very clear Omos is not somebody that Hunter sees the way Vince saw. And he's barely used him at all. And to go into WrestleMania and to suddenly be like, oh, yeah, the opponent for Brock Lesnar, who Hunter's had no problem using. He loves Brock Lesnar just as much as Vince did. But to be like, yes, my WrestleMania match is Omos versus Brock Lesnar. If that happens, yeah, I'd ha I, I can't help but wonder if there is some kind of Vince McMahon influence there because Hunter's Raw has barely used Omos at all. And now he'd be in play. I, that's a I will literally hard one for not like to do any it. other option. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm trying to think who do I'm not a fan of. I, I mean, the sight of Omos in F5 position. Dexter Loomis over Brock. Dex Ooh, no. I'm not a I fan of Dexter that. Loomis either. No, I'm not either. I actually think that might be worse. No, um, I think it's still worse with Omos. I think at least with Omos, there's an amusing sight of like the idea of him being. Because he does in things really funny. 
Well, just because like he he couldn't like fully be in an F five position. Like if he had like Brock has him in fireman's carry, but like his head is like way over here and his legs are like <laughs> okay. way over here, and he can like barely do it. I think See, there's the, at least the reason why I said Dexter Loomis is because I'm like I'm not saying that's the matchup I want to see. I'm just thinking like worst other worst case scenarios. By the way, um, only because I'm like okay, let's say I would just see Brock Lesnar kick his butt. I don't mind seeing Brock Lesnar kick Dexter Dexter Loomis's butt for like two minutes. I'm cool with that. Yeah. Is it a WrestleMania match? Hell no. This is another. Who else don't I like on the roster? I'm trying to think. Who would I absolutely not want to see Brock? I mean, I I, I, I want to know where all this is. I do want to know where all this is going because obviously, like Bray Wyatt plays a factor in here, right? He literally just challenged the winner of Brock and Bobby. Bobby technically won, so are we just getting Bray versus Bobby? Uh, Maybe, but. Are we getting a four-way with all of them? I don't know. I don't know anything at this point, but, like, all of those matches sound like shit. And uh, I I, I like that I do have stuff on WrestleMania to look forward to. I am looking forward to, like, Edge and Finn, uh, if the hell in a cell is what's happening. Excited about that. I'm excited about Roman versus Cody Rhodes. But, like, man, Brock Lesnar versus Omos just sounds like... Like, just give us what we want. What we want is dry humping sandpaper. Like, that doesn't sound (laughs) good at all. I mean, I just, yeah, just give the people what they want. Give us Gunther and Brock and that's it. Call it a day. Um, Tyrone. Oh, Corbin would be worse, I think. Yeah, I agree. Aaron Corbin, worse than Corbin would be worse. Than Amos? Yeah. But here's the thing. It's the same thing. For me, plug in plug in either Dexter or uh, Baron Corbin and you still just get Brock Lesnar kicking their ass. Mm-hmm. Plug in anybody in that role. I'm just afraid that Omos can't take a good butt whooping. Like we're going to have to see Omos get some offense on Brock and that's not believable for me. I mean, honestly, because him taking a German suplex actually sounds kind of hilarious. Just thinking about the visual of that. I don't know. Okay. Look, for those of you who weren't at, because I, I agree with Denise. Um, I think Omos is one of the nicest guys. Uh, and it's hard to like. Put Omos truly, versus Monsoor. It, it is. Whatever his name is now. It's, it's very hard to put his height into words. I don't think cameras do it justice. Like, nope. even when you've seen the picture of Denise and Omos, like, I have a picture from Wale Mania last year. Um, in which Omas walks into the VIP room where we all were. And the thing is, it's one thing uh, for somebody to walk in. Uh, this is an extremely crowded room, mind you. But uh, I'm trying to find it. Uh, how quickly can I find this picture? I think I'm really close. Oh, my God. I found it. All right. So I at least found the date. So Omas walks in this room, right? And, like, literally towering over every human in the entire room yeah, you can see it yeah (laughs) you can absolutely see and it's one of those things where like we're all partying having a good time but omos walks in the room and everybody's like stopping what they're doing because there's this obvious giant human who is just trying to party like everybody else he's just trying to dance just trying to do everything else and everybody's like nope that guy right there So I, feel I, so I feel bad for him. Now. Yeah, I feel, I feel for bad him. now, but it's I'm sorry. I just don't want to see Omos versus Brock Lesnar. Nope, I don't either. This is not what I had envisioned for Brock Lesnar. I'm sorry. It, it, it's like, are you? I'm sorry. Like, I don't. 
I don't even want to say anymore. I don't even want to say anymore. Tyrone Kidd sends in a super chat saying, uh, Will, how do you hate Jeff Jarrett's theme when you make it sound like Groot's minions? <laughs> this is all you. <laughs> yeah, probably. I can see that. It um, does sound like minions. <laughs> yes. You no, honestly, Jeff Jarrett, J- Jeff Jarrett's uh, theme song is literally just those two emojis. It's just like if yeah. you literally put those back to back, I would know you mean Jeff Jarrett's theme. Yeah. Tyrone, thank you so much for sending in this super chat. I very much appreciate it. We very much appreciate it. Uh, E24G says, what's works? worse, Brock versus Omos or Lashley versus Bray? Brock versus Omos. Because Lashley versus Bray, they both can't afford to have, like, well, mainly Bray. He can't afford to have another bad match. Bobby Lashley deserves to have some entertaining matches. And, um, yeah, so I would say Brock Amos is definitely I mean, this is red pill or blue pill, and they're both cyanide. So, um, I don't know what's next. See, no, here's the thing. Because here you you mentioned the point about Brock Amos could be funny, right? It could be Mm -hmm. funny. I don't think Lashley Bray Wyatt can be funny. That's just painful. I will take funny and hor. I would take funny, stupid, funny, bad over just painful any day. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like I can find comedy in Brock and Omaz. I don't think I can find comedy in Lashley and Bray. I'm you know? hoping after. I mean, tomorrow. I guess this could all be outdated. Who knows? I, hope I, I so. don't. Please. Yeah. All right, E24G, thank you so much for sending in the super chat. Again, we thank you very, very much. Um, okay, we got another one here from Devil Kazuya27, who says, best of the week, Jeff Jarrett, future AEW champion. Look at Will's face, look at Will's face. I would be so happy just to, I can see your reaction to that. I'm I would need to take a now. week off of podcasting. People would be like, Will just disappeared. His Twitter just all of a sudden hasn't said a single word since <laughs> Jeff Jarrett won the title. Is he okay? That's <laughs> uh, that's how that's going to go. All righty. Well, it's time now for our number one of the week. Uh, Ours are completely different. Um, and because oh, I know what my number one is. And What's I know your what yours one? is too. But uh, all right. You are know what my it? number one is. I think I do. But it? my number one. What's yours? My number one is actually where AEW Dynamite started, and that would be Orange Cassidy versus Wheeler Utah. Uh, I actually thought that this was the best thing I saw all week. Um, the story told throughout this match, the action of the match, the technical wrestling in the match, um, and everything. So we start with the fact that Orange Cassidy enters first because he. Uh, the way I'm going to steal a point from Sat E. Niangi of uh, Wrestle Talk, and he was also the guest host this week on uh, Day After Dynamite. But he made the point that Orange Cassidy's theme is the litmus test for how an AEW crowd is going to be. Because we saw last week in Laredo, Orange Cassidy opened the show, his music hits, crowd's kind of subdued. But uh, here, on the other hand, uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, Orange Cassidy's music hits, and crowd goes nuts. And I'm like, all right. I know we got a hot crowd in Phoenix. Let's go. Uh, he enters first. Wheeler Yuta comes out. Gets a lot of booze. And first off, I like turning uh, Blackpool Combat Club. I like them kind of playing tweeners. I like the idea because I want to see Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite. That's where I'm hoping this all ultimately goes. And I know we can get there. But, you know, I feel like 
the way Moxley's been acting lately, the way Uter's been lately, and now you've got kind of Claudio playing that same role. I like them in this tweener role, but he got a lot of booze here. And so you've got Yuta versus Orange Cassidy. They showed us the history of them. Um, I liked showing us the history. They went back to 2021, showing us all of the best friends with Wheel of Yuta stuff. They showed us the clip from Rampage of Wheel of Yuta talking about you uh, You treated me like a clown and then you replaced me with a literal clown. Um, and I actually do like that line. But Wheel of Yuta goes in there and he gets in there, tangles it up with uh, with orange cassidy they have some really cool exchanges and then he ends up exiting the ring and then claudio comes out and gives a little bit of a you won't even say pep talk he more slaps some sense he into yeah set him straight he told him like that's not what we taught you because he was working the old best friend style it was what wheeler yuda was in there doing and he's like that's not blackpool combat club get your ass back in there and do what we taught you and then he goes back in there and switches up his style. And he's now working the more intense Wheeler Yuta that we've seen over these last, uh, over this last year since he's been in the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, and you could see it kind of taking a toll on Orange Cassidy. I think Orange Cassidy reminded us here that he is one of the best in-ring performers on the planet. And uh, he is such a great seller. His offense is excellent. He's a, his technical ability is there. I know people just see him as the pockets guy the, um, and that it's all kind of a gag. But man, as he spent the last year trying to remind us that he's so much more than that. And him going in there with Yuta, Yuta getting frustrated at Orange Cassidy's antics and it turning this into a, a bitter wrestling match. And even when Orange Cassidy, with all of his strength, hugs Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler just has this annoyed look on his face, like, fuck you, I'm not doing this with you. And they go through the elbow exchanges. And then Orange Cassidy throws some elbows of his own. And once he realizes that the elbows aren't effective, they go through some more technical exchanges. Orange Cassidy is so good at what he does. And the of course, the finish with him needing to put him down with not he, he, I've watched this match three times, by the way, if you're wondering why I'm able to describe it match for match or move for move, because I've, I watched it a lot. <laughs> I liked it that much. Orange Cassidy, uh, Cassidy, Cassidy hitting him with the orange punch once, then hitting him, uh, Wheel of Yuta kicking out. Then he hits him with uh, the beach break. And not only does he kick out, he kicks out before two. And finally, down on his knees, Orange Cassidy hits him with one more, uh, a really solid orange punch, one, two, three. And... Then as Orange is making his, uh, or as he tries to, you know, hug it out. And the crowd is chanting, hug it out. They want to see these guys make up. And he leaves, goes for Claudio. Claudio has this look at Orange Cassidy. My brain immediately went, I want to see Claudio versus Orange Cassidy. I have to see this match. I don't know what it's going to take to get there, but I want to see these two do it. Uh, Because Claudio works best with smaller wrestlers. That's actually his, uh, his forte. Whether it's the guys he always worked with in chikara or you know you've seen him work ray mysterio it's a thing he does best i loved every bit of this this was the best thing i saw all week again it's a thing that i went back and watched more than once i literally watched it three times and uh both guys proved that they belong this was the best thing on dynamite to me it was interesting when you said the the brian thing was but this honestly did it all for me 
You see, I, I I love your passion, Will. I really do, and I like this match. And I that's why you're gonna be like, oh, this fucking sucked. I don't know what's wrong. No, with I you. didn't think it sucked. <laughs> I liked it. I'm just not gonna come out here and be like, oh my god, I loved it. I watched it three times. It's, it, I didn't have the same connection to it though, honestly. But I did like it. I liked uh uh you know the Claudio. I like Claudio Castagnoli coming in and basically slapping him and then not letting him hug it out or do any of the sportsmanship stuff. I loved all of that. I thought that was great. But I didn't love it though completely. I I thought it was fine. That was entertaining, um, and uh, it was definitely one of the stronger parts of uh, wrestling-wise on Dynamite, for sure, because I can't even think of anything else that I would probably put above that one. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. It was good. I was just not, like, super in love with it, though. That's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was entertaining. MJ Johnson <laughs> sends in a super chat saying, uh, sadly, Brock versus Omos and Bobby versus Bray sound like bathroom breaks for both nights. I mean, we are going to need a bathroom break at some point, so it's going to be a long show. So, you know, I guess we'll take what it is, right? Uh, MJ Johnson, thank you so much for sending in this super thank chat. You. I feel like I depressed you, Will. No. I, I mean, feel like my reaction I know what your number, your one, number one is. One is it made you feel bad. I mean, yeah, it, it is kind of like uh, expressing your love for something. And then, and then the I other person is just like, down. yeah, the other person, like I said, it's a love you, but I'm not in love with you kind of thing. It's like, you, you ever seen those situations where somebody proposes and they're like pouring their heart out? And then said, the other I person is just like, the other person is just like, yeah, I, I like you too. And like, that's what this was. This was. I'm sorry, Will. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what it felt like? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, you're great. But you know what? I see you as a brother. So this relationship is over. Yeah, that's... Look, honestly... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't pretend. I can't pretend to love something if I don't love it. It's all right. That's all right. You're not, not putting you, a ring... You're not. Me. You're not putting a ring on Orange and Yuta. That's fine. Putting it in the friend zone. It's okay. I'm sorry. I'm friend zoning this match. Sorry. It was nice. We had a good time but I just don't love it. All right. <laughs> we got a super chat here from Jose Flores. who says the best comedic wrestlers are the best technical wrestlers as C Eddie and Kurt Angle. These people need to put respect on his name. I had, kid you not, if I told you who it was, and I'm not going to tell you guys who it was, but I will tell Denise afterward, but I, I did have, uh, okay, fine. I did have a WWE wrestler after I made that tweet about Orange Cassidy being one of the best in the business. I had a, WWE guy, uh, tell me that they agreed Ooh. with that. Yes. Oh wow. Uh, yes. That's a good one. So, so again, <laughs> um, it's I, I think people who think down on Orange Cassidy um, either have uh, a little bit of a, an agenda, and when I say agenda, like I talk about like a Jim Cornette who like obviously make. I'm living off of downing on things like that, calling them pockets, all that stuff. Oh, he's a comedy wrestler, all that. They're never going to give him the credit. But, like, honestly, he is a wrestler's wrestler, and wrestlers feel that way about him. Jose Flores, thank you so much for the super chat. We appreciate it. All righty. Now let's go ahead and get into my best of the week. The best of the week was Rey Mysterio versus oh, Karrion Cross on SmackDown. What? Really? No, what? You no. said we Yeah, okay, I was going to say. <laughs> All right, you got me. We did this. 
You absolutely got me. Did I really? I didn't think I would. I was like, he's not going to believe me. He's not going to believe me. And anybody who watches my Friday show would know right away that that was complete and utter BS. What the fuck? No, she... Go ahead. (laughs) My best of the week was the Young Bucks and Aussie Open. I really did think that they were the most entertaining match that I saw. Uh, I really enjoyed, man. I love Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. I, you know, I've interviewed them. They're such fun guys. They're very different personalities that come together very nicely. But, man, freaking Mark Davis. You know, I I, I have... This is going to sound wrong. I was going to say, I have a thing for, like, bigger guys when they go out there and they, like, just so freaking hard-hitting. Hope that didn't sound wrong, but that's what I like. I like to see big dudes go out there and just be like hard hitting and ass kicking. And that's exactly what Mark Davis did. But just all of the nice like uh, sequences that we got, the back and forth, all of it was just so good. The the crossbodies, the sentons, the brain buster from Kyle too. I think it was Nick on the outside. Uh, there was a moment where Mark Davis had a really great lariat, really enjoyed that. Um, this was just a lot of fun to me. I thought that, you know, we've been, I'm, I feel I've been, I feel you've been very critical too about AEW Rampage as of I on this show. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that for me, I want to go into a show and, okay, here's what happened with a lot of Rampage. There was some matches that I was looking forward to I tuned in on Rampage and I just didn't think that they delivered. And that was happening a lot more too consistently for my liking. And a part of me was really worried about this match where I'm like, I'm looking forward to it, but it's Rampage and I have a feeling they're going to basically stiff me and not give me like a full on really good banger of a match here. I was completely wrong. They actually let them go and deliver and have a uh, an amazing match. It ended up being one of my the best things I saw this week. Um, Ozzy Open. This is not their first time on AEW. They've made several appearances, and this they one here appeared earlier in the night. <clears throat> exactly. So, with for me, it's like they always go out there. They always do a phenomenal job. And what one more can you ask for? I thought this was a match that they actually let go, and you got a little bit more bang for your buck on this one. Uh, and I think that AEW Rampage really needed a match like this. I actually thought AEW Rampage was not bad this week at all. That was fine. Was it great? Maybe not, but it was fine. I really enjoyed this match, and this was definitely uh, my favorite thing. Yeah, I think that it's weird that we haven't gotten to see these two teams really tangle it up much, um, especially given um, Aussie Open's kind of history in New Japan, but they just didn't get the cross pass with the Bucks. Uh, And, you know, really the only other time these guys have ever faced each other was in a match that was also one of the best things to occur on Dynamite, which was the Elite versus uh, United Empire um in the trios tournament and so thinking about how we did get to see eventually after that match you know that match left us going man can't wait to see what happens when kenny omega tears it up with will osprey and we got to see that but the other side of that match we came out of it going man the young bucks versus aussie open when that finally gets to happen who knows what those two are going to do to tear it up and this was finally that match i like this match a lot actually uh had the other three things I named not happened, I think I would have put this higher on the list. Uh, but no, I think this was very, very good. I think that uh, the Bucks in tag action is still something that there's still a lot of uh, mileage to get out of. Yep. And uh, you almost forget that because they've only had like two tag matches in the last like nine months. Um, one of them was against Top Flight and the other is this one. So... Uh, it is something that I still want to see a lot more of 
and this reminded me of how good of a combination those two are. I liked it. Great opening. I agree. Hey, it's Maddie sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to Maddie who says, since you mentioned Ray, why won't he su uh, sub Nick? I mean, Dominic, I needed ASAP. You'll get it. Like they're, they're saving it and it's going to be great. Um, the, the question moment, is though, when he was like on SmackDown, when he was like getting in his face and Ray was like almost going for it. I liked that. You know what? I was actually into it. So yeah. Yeah. Plus, as Ray tweeted 11 years ago, he beat his kids back in the day when he got WWE 13. He couldn't wait. Uh, so we we know it's coming. And hopefully at Mania, we finally get that moment when he finally... Because honestly, I would love when they finally start... Or like They book the Mania match. If I were writing this, we'll fantasy booking really quick. Uh, I would still have the match booked and Ray just refusing to hit him, refuse to hit him. Even when the bell rings... Ray just wants to tangle up and tie up like a professional wrestler and really build to the moment when he finally just like strikes Dominic. It needs to happen like as a big payoff moment in the match that makes the crowd go insane. Uh, but I would have Ray like working typical Lucha stuff and like really working around having to strike Dominic and refusing to do so until finally he's just set off enough to finally just deck him. And it, I would like that. Yeah, yes. I would like that. I think they could do. And, they could play with that, and the crowd would be really into it. You know, getting people to boo. Uh, Dominic would be really good to mm -hmm. see that. There's some hope in here. Yeah. Now, if I were like overly fantasy booking, and I really wanted to just like go over the top with this, I would have Dominic somehow work a complete like over the top gusher bloody nose like ray just like decks him one time in a very simple fashion and dominic is just like oh my god it's all over and then he spends the next few months like with a mask on like <laughs> my dad destroyed my life <laughs> and broke my nose with his one hit um oh yeah i'd go way over the top with yeah this. yeah <laughs> well you at some point need to be hired by like a company so we can start seeing your creative and then i can come on this podcast and talk shit about your ideas <laughs> oh yeah you'd be like worst of the week was this idea will washington booked <laughs> i'd feel so bad like let's say i didn't know like what you booked or part of the show you booked whatever and then like all the parts i hated were the ones you booked <laughs> I'd be so sad. Dante NYC sends in a super chat saying Cassidy won JR over. JR absolutely shit all over Cassidy in the early days of Dynamite. He was straight up, I don't get it. Now you can tell he gets it. Um, yeah, that's the thing about JR. You, when he doesn't like somebody, you can tell. And he doesn't really sugarcoat it or anything, which is not something that I don't think you should do like on commentary. But hey, what the hell do I know? Um, Will, thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that really happened. You heard, you could hear JR that he would almost like sarcastically put Orange Cassidy over, and he's like, oh, yeah, he puts his hands in his pockets. Here's Orange Cassidy. But like, no, you can tell he gets it now. And I think. You think that... he gets it now, or you think he was forced to get it? No, I think, honestly, and he's talked about it before on his own podcast that he okay. has said that he didn't get it at first, that he heard the pitches in, um, in production meetings, and he's like, really, this guy? And now he sees it and he sees that no Orange Cassidy can go. And that's kind of the story is that that's how you were supposed to feel about Orange Cassidy to begin with. And then he would turn around and have a great match with somebody like Pac. And you walk away from it going, oh, shit, Orange Cassidy. Can he can he actually do that? Or was that like a blip? And then now you realize he is one of the best in the ring. And that I love that. 
Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, I'm hoping Aussie Open gets signed by New Japan or AEW and become the IWGP tag titles because I feel like they should have beaten FTR at uh, Wrestle Kingdom instead of, uh, what is it, Fishman? I'm, I'm, I'm not pronouncing that Fisherman. properly. Fishman, thank you. Um, see, I don't know. I don't know what their plan for the future is. I have no idea. I really, I hope for the best for them, though. Do you have any ideas, Will? I mean, I... I'm hoping that with them being at Dynamite uh, for two straight weeks and they work the Ring of Honor tapings as well, uh, there's a piece of me just hoping that, hey, let's uh, sign these guys. I hope so. I really like them a whole lot. Alrighty, I think that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, that was our show here today. Uh, Will, any last and final thoughts? Next week, we are going to be in San Francisco for AW Revolution. And I think we're going to be doing a show in person together, are we not? We are going to be doing the show in yeah. person. So, yeah. We'll be I can... there for the day of the show. Yeah. So, if I just want to like deck Denise, I can do that. But, um, <laughs> the, and then it'll be a big payoff and everybody's going to cheer and go, yay. Also, if you, um, I mentioned this on Grap City yesterday, but now I have Denise here to also mention this. But, uh, so next week, Saturday, so before we do after the week, um, we will be at the AEW bowling event. Uh, that starts at 4 p.m. Pacific uh, Pacific Standard Time. Um, if you're in San Francisco, that's the only time you need to be concerned with. Runs from 4 to, I think, 7. 4 to 7, I think it is. And, uh, yeah, your, your folks here, we got a lane. So we'll be there. And you can watch us embarrass ourselves and bowl. And I think, uh, pretty sure... Hey, I'm a great bowler, man. Yeah, I'm an okay bowler. So... Uh, yeah, well, I was just, I was just bragging. I'm not really great at bowling. Now you're telling me you're good at bowling. No, I'm okay By at the way, it. I'm... I need you to suck at it. Yeah, I'm like not great. Like I can play wee bowling, I guess, but uh, actual yeah, I bowling. I can barely carry the balls. Those should be really <laughs> heavy. <laughs> Either way, so good. You can watch us embarrass ourselves if you're in the San Francisco area. Uh, I'll be there. Reg will be there. Denise will be there. And then also go meet all the AEW wrestlers who will be there. Is Jake the Snake's going to be there? Jake the motherfucking Snake's going to be there. Aubrey Edwards, Will Hobbs. Um, I think Orange Cassidy's going to be there as well. Um, but yeah, so check it out. It's a great event that AEW does, and we will be there. It's going to be a good time. I'm going to be vlogging too. So I'm going to get, I'll try to get some good footage there for sure. Um, but yeah, we will be at oh, Revolution, it's gonna guys. It's going to be immortalized too. Oh, that's. You got to. If it's not immortalized, it didn't happen, man. Yeah, I know. But. <laughs> Anyway, so Revolution Weekend's coming up. I got a lot coming up here on the channel, guys. On uh, Wednesday, I believe. Hold on one second. Let me just make sure I'm not promoting uh, the wrong date. I am on Thursday. On Thursday, I will be on here joined by my good friend, Sean Ross Sapp. He's going to be doing AEW Revolution uh, predictions with me on Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So you guys come, can come in for that. Um, like I mentioned, we'll be at Revolution. So Will and I will be doing an in person show um from san francisco so that'll be really fun on top of that i will be posting all of the scrum footage vlog stuff uh any interviews that i get all of that will be posted here on the channel so please make sure to subscribe if you guys haven't already um i officially surpassed ninety-two thousand subscribers um so close to 100k man guys like i'm just waiting for it so if you haven't subscribed 
please do so. And we will be back at the normal time next week. But um, Will, let the, did you already tell people to go follow you? All of that I stuff. I mean, you can just look on the screen. Yeah. But if you're listening audio-wise, you know where I'm at, at William RBR. And I do lots of stuff. I've got some really cool interviews coming up this week. So just stay tuned to my Twitter, and you'll see where to find all of those. Same for me, guys. See you guys next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>